Yeah. Yeah. Draft day. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. A Wiggins. That other side, we stay winning. Oh man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah. Suits and ties yelling out, pay the guys, man, I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Oh man, oh man, oh man, man, you know I had. Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ford, joined this week by my guy, Jared. Jared, how's it going, man? It's going pretty great. I'm back home, uh, semester's over, and yeah, doing great. Well, how are you feeling being the uh you know, you get to 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 rest on your laurels as the as the defending champion of the of your rookie season? Um, yeah, it feels pretty good. Like I feel like, you know, I I, I proved myself. Now <laughs> I can reap reap uh reap my winnings a little bit. Um uh-huh. yeah, I, I'm de- I'm definitely trying to take a different approach to this season. I feel you, I feel you. So I mean, uh some of our um I, I don't know if I mentioned that there is some exclusive content for our Instagram uh, Instagram followers that I uh, recently posted. So go ahead and follow us on Instagram at racial racial draft at on Instagram, and you can uh, you know get our sort of pre show uh, pre show goodies. Uh, and one of the things that we did in the pre show is that we went ahead and gave uh, a current state of the scores, uh, current state of the scores uh, after two rounds. Um, but you know, not all the scoring is in, you know, subject to a lot of adjustment, but you know, right here, uh, right now you get to find out, uh, where things stand in the, in the rankings. Uh, I'll go ahead and count it down from the bottom to the top, uh, 63 points for the Swanamena delegation, uh, 10th, 64 points for the South Asian delegation, uh, 68 points for the white delegation, 99 points for the East Southeast Asian delegation, 101 points for the Polynesian delegation, 109 points for the Latinx delegation, 111 points for the multiracial delegation, 126 points for the black delegation, 131 points for the Native American delegation. And you know what that means? At 132 points, sitting there at first place, looking down, the Jewish delegation. Uh that was it's a little surprising there. Like I was <laughs> I was waiting, I was waiting for you to get to the Jewish delegation. I was like, wait, did did, did I already did I already come <laughs> up or no, great, yeah. awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so we are going to dive into our racial draft business. Uh, sorry, this week's going to be a more of an abbreviated show, listeners. We'll get into the all the nerd news next week, but uh, yeah, we're going to do what we do every week, and that's change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft pick at a time through the racial draft. And starting us off for the second round, the second week of the racial draft is the Jewish delegation. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, your first pick in the second round. Barry Allen, a.k.a. The Flash, uh, tell us your thought process uh, with the draft pick. Um, so this with the first round, you know, Captain America, I had more of an idea of like the story I was trying to tell, mm-hmm. making the character Jewish. Um, but with Barry Allen, I feel like so much of what could be interesting is just that he 
he's a just a guy, like just any old guy mm-hmm. who just happens to be Jewish. Um, I feel like Barry Allen's an interesting character to do that with. Like, yeah, and he is canonically Jewish. It's just it's one of those things that um, doesn't really come up a lot in the character. Right. I, I I don't know. I think you know uh, when. Ezra Miller was cast in the role. Ezra Miller, they do have happen to be Jewish, and that was something that they brought to the role in the Justice League movie. Um, they just simply mentioned that they were mm-hmm. Jewish, and right. you know, it does. It really doesn't take that much. That's so. That's what's so cool about it. And like Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller being who they are that was fairly groundbreaking to do just having a character be jewish for the sake of him uh for the sake of them being jewish um Mm -hmm. so i kind of i was trying to bring some of that spirit to Mm -hmm. the role and i think that could be that's just a cool thing that anyone could do a character can be any race for just because just because just because um, sure for sure um so i think maybe i can look a little bit in more into barry allen's mythology his connection with the with the speed force but as of right now i am happy just having the character be jewish because he happens to be jewish fair 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 enough um you know yeah i mean i think that one one avenue potentially is you know there are a lot of kind of um more sort of secularist uh jewish people um so to the extent that the speed force is kind of a metaphysical thing you know maybe it could be kind of you know he's a scientist barry that's one of the things that that um you know defines him uh as a personality trait so you know so you know maybe he was an atheist you know and you know, and the fact that he's universal. Excuse me. A little more universal in terms of uh, Judaism. Exactly. You know, so the extent to which this is his first um, encounter with uh, with kind of like a something that he can't uh, quantify and make and make uh, tangible could be kind of an interesting spin on on his his identity. Yeah, I love that. I really do. Um, you know. Yep. So, uh, yeah, right now, in terms of the approval rating, by the time you listen to this, listeners, uh, these polls may have been closed. 100% approval for uh, Jewish Barry Allen. Uh, 88.9 strongly approve and 11.1 somewhat approve of uh, Jewish Barry Allen. But you also had a f- bit of a fan cast. Uh, I'll, I'll um, you know, give you the opportunity to... Uh, explain your fan cast of Adam Brody as uh, as Barry Allen. Yeah, so this one actually comes from um, the unmade Justice League Mortal mm-hmm. movie, uh, George Miller's unmade Justice League movie, um, in which uh, you know Adam Brody definitely would have been much younger. Right. right? This was supposed to be made over about fifteen years ago, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So this would have been coming off of when he was on the OC, right? Exactly. So he probably would have been um, 
late 20s maybe late 20s 20s, early 30s um and i mean we we were talking about this the inclination to make barry allen more of like a younger peter parker type character in the justice league movie um in the Zack snyder version yeah (laughs) right just did not feel like the right choice um so you know it could be interesting to look at an older barry allen sure uh, someone you know who's got more of his his life a little more together because that's the that's the character like he's not necessarily as much of a mess as peter parker is like he's he's strung out in all these different directions but he's sort of holding it together yeah i mean he's a he's a scientist uh he's a you know i mean obviously a cw show sort of um affected how people perceive the character because he also was a younger version of barry um and they and they kind of filtered him through the lens of cw coming of age uh superhero stories extended origin stories like they do um with shows like did with shows like smallville and even shows like arrow where the the goal is by the you know three or four seasons into the show uh, as the character coming into their own whereas um you know in the comics um there's no there's less of a need for that right he can he can already be in that mid-20s early 30 like you, you don't necessarily have to see him um like it like you said it doesn't have to be so much of a coming of age thing down the line you can start out with that and then build a character that is more to get you know older more together right um, in their life um and particularly you know uh, you know not to cut you off but you know he's got most of these dc heroes have their sidekicks have their teen sidekicks and that ends up being the the uh, avenue by which these coming of age stories get told so him mentoring wally west um and and helping Wally West go from Kid Flash to his eventual eventual successor um is is more in line I think with an older Barry yeah. you know Does it uh, makes sense for like a 20 year old Barry to be mentoring an 18 year old Wally West exactly and sadly that's one of the reasons that it was such a struggle on the cw cartoon i mean so cw uh series to introduce wally west because you were in the midst of this barry allen coming of age story and then you introduced uh someone he was supposedly mentoring who was essentially you know three or four years younger than him it, it felt weird to have a kid flash that was basically the same age as adult flash Right. But, you know, having, you know, having a, I think, but I think um, Adam Brody can still play like 30 something, even at, totally. at his current age, yeah. you know, so to have a 34 year old, we'll say Flash and a 16 year old Kid Flash uh, feels much more of a, of a piece in terms of the mentoring. Exactly. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, I approve. I I think that um we've already saw, we already saw those of us who watched the uh, second um, Shazam movie that he definitely has that uh, superhero uh, confidence about him. Uh, in in, in the... he can play this role in his sleep, like he, exactly for me was the best part of that second movie. Um, yeah, for sure. 
So uh, it'll be another opp possible opportunity for redemption if he were to, you know, be be cast as 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 the older Flash. But uh, right, so you are now sitting at ninety percent approval rating for the casting. So stop, stop uh, the count. Stop the count. <laughs> so uh, you know, still listeners, uh, you've got time to upvote that and get that up above ninety. Uh, just You're so that. Only allowed to upvote it according to Jared. But uh, you know, this all plays out in a positive way. You're looking at over 90 approval for, for, for both the character and the casting. Love to see. I know I for one approve. Thank you. Um that brings us to interesting. Sorry, listeners, I have to go to my It looks like okay. Here we go. And we're back. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that brings us uh, out there. That brings us to the next pick from the Latinx delegation, and that would be Carol Danvers. AKA uh, Captain Marvel. Um, this one was this one was a little tough for me. I got to be honest, um, and that's because you know, like you know, we've said before that there are certain characters that just kind of happen to be um, a, a particular ethnicity. Um, but what's tough for Carol is that um, the way she's kind of been like modern um, presented and coded. She does tend to be a little bit of a stereotype of a white woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, space cop, kind of. Yeah. Um, you know, she's not to say that she um, is, is all is super conservative. She's not. Um, you know, she's she's clearly a feminist, uh, clearly um, a... High, like tradition, I mean, that's been inherent to her character for, um, you know, f since the Ms. Marvel days, yeah. uh, since she was Marvel's love interest. Um, but I think that the kind of fem the kind of feminism that she was associated with is that kind of uh, was it second wave feminism? Yeah. Um, the you know what it feels like to me. Um, what I always associate uh the new sort of Carol Danvers with is a uh, Clarice from Silence of the Lambs. Yes, yes. It feels like that, which it, I, I know is like a terrible, like it's not a descriptor, but like it, you know, it kind of feels like that a little bit. Yeah, like a Jodie Foster Jody type. Foster. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's not to, you know, again, it's not to denigrate, you know, because it's, it's just that there's a particular kind of mold of a feminist yeah. that is coded as white that isn't as intersectional and isn't as concerned okay. about um the other sort of cultural elements then you add in the, the fact that she's from massachusetts awesome. um yeah. you know and, and this is again this is a comic version of the character obviously uh brie larson who plays her in in the movies is not from boston uh or massachusetts rather um you know and i think that she has definitely um her her interpretation of the character is is different from the character as she has existed in comics yeah i i think 
the character and the way she's positioned is different, but I think Brie Larson does bring that really straight-laced and, like, straight as an arrow. Yeah. Energy. Like, it, it, the spirit of the character feels there, even though the character is sort of drastically different. Right. Um, I mean, I think, I think the thing about, and again, this is very much shaped through the character's uh, history over, over the decades, that she's, she's often positioned as whatever the, the conception of the feminist of the era is. So in the 70s, she was um, one kind of a feminist in the 80s. She was another kind of feminist in the 90s, you know, and, and they continue to sort of evolve her um, to whatever um, kind of girl power of the day, for lack of a better term, um, would be. And because uh, when she became Captain Marvel, that was sort of the final form, uh, uh, her final form of where her, like, not even a gender specific title you know she's just captain marvel she's not ms marvel she's not um i am woman hear me roar obviously she is a woman and she is celebrating womanhood but it's kind of like that that this what we think about in the modern era of you know you're just as powerful and just as capable as as a man and therefore um i think that brie larson to the extent that a lot of people hate on on this version of Captain Marvel, it might be because of that, how it challenges their notions of masculinity. Um, so, I, and again, this isn't to say that that a woman of color couldn't do that, but I think that the way that we understand um, intersectional feminism when yeah. it's women of color. Um, it's it's a lot more nuanced and it's got a lot more uh, depth to it. And I'm very curious to see whether um, whether that can be fleshed out in in our in our understanding of how Carol Danvers would be reimagined through a Latina lens. And, and I think in that respect, maybe it's for the better. Um, like, I guess this is more of like it's a, it's a it's a bit of a departure from the character, but I don't think it breaks the character. I think the- no, I don't. Yeah, it's not that I, I think it breaks the character, but I do think it kind of challenges our understanding of the character. Yeah, yes, but I wouldn't say in a bad way though. I think it, it it's only making the character more. Uh, um, what's the word? Nuanced not nuanced but like what she represents becomes mm-hmm. a little more inclusive mm. okay. and I, I think that being the crux of the character uh could be very interesting especially for a, a, a cosmic character dealing with all different types of uh um all these different races of beings mm-hmm. and all that. i think someone who is a little more um Oh, what's this? What's this word? A little more. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. No, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, you can come back to it. Um, I hear you. I. I it's tough. It's be, it's tough because uh, this is a character that's been through a lot of ups and downs, yeah. and I think that you know one of the bigger, most um, 
sad to say, like one of the sort of most formative uh, in a bad way aspects of the character was when she was in the Avengers and she was, you know, assaulted, um, you know, that being a real trauma that that shaped her and really put a um, put her at odds with the Avengers for a number of time, you know, for, for a number of years. Um, you know, it's, she's been through a lot and, and I, you know, there's a, there's a level to which it gets a little more uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, when it's a woman of color. You I know. guess. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, but again, this is, this is, it, it, it'll really kind of comes down to whether like which, Carol Danvers we're talking about um which reinvented <laughs> which reinvented uh character Marvel you're talking about it we're just uh sort of staying in the realm of how she has has had her origin reworked uh for the MCU where it's a straight line from uh you know air force pilot to superhero mm -hmm. and none of the messy messiness in between then it's a lot easier for her to be a woman of color than if we think about all of the messy levels that she's been through in the comics. Yeah, um, definitely, it would definitely have to be more inspired by this MCU streamlined version. Right. All these itera iterations and reinventions of Carol Danvers. Yeah, because even in the, um, I mean, I know that there are a lot of people who uh, hate the Civil War II uh storyline yeah. um see i'm one of the few people who thinks that that her storyline in civil war ii was given um people didn't give her give that story the benefit of the doubt um because of the character work that was happening in her her solo books at the time you know because uh, another aspect of her character that doesn't really get developed a lot is that she like tony um was an alcoholic um, one of the ways that she coped with her assault was becoming an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And um, she ends up becoming, um, wait, I can't remember whether Tony was her sponsor. I think she was Tony's sponsor um, at one point um, in in the comics. And one, one of the things that happens in Civil War II is that they end up at the same AA meeting. Um, and you realize that some of the decisions that she made in the Civil War II um, storyline was a reflection of her trauma, you know, was a reflection of the way that she copes with the powerlessness is by being that much more strong and that much more of, um, you know, um, trying to be a hero and trying to make sure that other people don't get uh, hurt the way that she was hurt, mm -hmm. you know, and to the extent that some of her choices in that uh, were towards the realm of, you know, profiling and uh, anti-democratic uh, in, in a certain way, um, anti-justice, um, it was because of the fact that she's just trying to prevent harm, trying to prevent trauma like, like she experienced. Right. And, you know, again, those layers, those layers of trauma and those layers of, uh, of, of uh, 
internal struggle mm-hmm. are to the extent that that's a valid criticism of the MCU version of the character, you know, that that's a that's a, a an, an element of the character that hasn't really been explored in the MCU version of the character. That that streamlining, one of the things that gets lost in the streamlining is the um the complexity, the the um in the the, the conflicts and the you know the internal sense of having all this power but also having this doubt. Um and may, like I understand why they might not want to tell of that specific type of story. Exactly. And maybe it's for the better but you do miss out on a lot of the complexity of the character yeah and you know again i think one of the reasons that people do love tony is that he's so flawed right he was allowed to be that that messy guy yeah yeah and and to the extent that they're that you know because carol does have a strong fan base i think that the people who really appreciate her as a character appreciate her messiness um and they definitely like yeah they have not allowed her to like first movie she's wrong for about three seconds and then (laughs) she learns that are bad scrolls are good and and that the power was inside her all along <laughs> and then in endgame like we don't get much of her so I, I i'm sure that the marvels will allow her to be more more human more, more like i i would not be shocked if that is the crux of her arc over the course mm. of like what she has to learn um over the course of the movie and hopefully yeah. she will learn something and change in some way. And yeah. Yeah. So all that is to say that I'm not a hundred percent sold on it. I'm not against it, but I'm I'm a little I'm a little shaky. I'm a little shaky on the on I, on the uh Yeah. As I understand your hesitancy. I I don't think it doesn't work though. Okay. Um and so, yeah, as far as currently sitting at 71.5% approval rating, uh, 42.9 strongly approve, 28.6 somewhat approve, and 28.6 uh, somewhat disapprove. Um, so it's with respect to the fan cast, uh, Diana Diane Guerrero, my apologies, uh, who I believe is was in um in the uh Boom Patrol television show. Uh sh- she is also from Massachusetts, yep. like um like Carol is. Uh, I don't know if she can do the accent. I haven't heard that much. <laughs> but uh, you know, in terms of in terms of the facial structure, I mean she definitely has a similar facial structure to uh the Carol. Uh, to Carol the books. I mean, I think that she's a a, a good actress, and um, you know, I mean, I think she could. I definitely think she could do do well in the role. Yeah. Um, as of now, the fan cast is uh, sitting at eighty seven point five percent approval. Nice seventy five strongly approve, twelve point five somewhat approve, four point two somewhat disapprove, and eight point three percent racist but uh you know still time to get that to get that number up 
uh, from 87.5 up to 90% if you're so inclined. Uh, that brings us to the black delegation. Uh, this pick is going to seem very familiar uh, because it is a pick that a lot of people have made in their hearts. And that is Miles Morales, uh, Black Miles. I know Miles is canonically both black and Puerto Rican, but in a lot of our hearts, <laughs> in a lot of our hearts, he's the black Spider-Man more than he yeah. is the uh, mixed Spider-Man. And, um, and, you know, obviously we don't have to get that in depth to the character. He's, 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 uh, everybody knows him. He's black yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> he's, uh, he's got a movie coming out called Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, have you ever heard of it? Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Enter. The, no, sorry. Uh, across the, uh, the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yes. But you've never heard of it. <laughs> I've heard of the original Into the Spider-Verse Oscar uh, Academy Award winning movie. Right. Um, people are still waiting for him to be introduced in live action. The minute it happens, people are going to cheer. Um, he's also in that, um, what's it called? Spider Friends? Amazing Spider Friends? Yeah, Spider-Man and, yeah, Amazing Spider, yeah, yeah. I mean, Spider Friends. He's also uh, co-starring in uh, Spidey and his Amazing Friends and also co-starring in the video game, uh, the Sony video game. Uh, which he had his own uh, DLC version yeah. of the game. So yeah, he's it, it was like his it was its own game, Spider Man Miles Morales. Oh, I, I I didn't realize it was a it was a separate game. I thought it was uh, an add on to the to the original game. No, it was it was it was its own own thing. Oh, oh so great. Cool. So so yeah, for all over media, Miles Morales. Um, his, I think his star is, is just continues to climb mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the black delegation said mine, ours. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, currently sitting at 89.5% approval. Uh, that may round up guys that may round up, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 89.5 and it's all strongly approved. Uh, with 5.3 somewhat approved and 5.3% racist. So uh, that's Miles Morales. What, what more can we say? Uh, this brings us to one of the more intriguing picks of the round, uh, particularly because this is a character that is just sort of inherently intriguing, and that would be the Native American delegation drafting the Joker. Um, I... I mean, this is a fascinating character because uh, he's constantly reinventing his story, constantly, um, you know, challenging whatever our sort of traditional notions of a, of a villain could be. Um, he is, you know, constantly evolving character. And I, I think it's interesting uh, what it would what would have kind of brought someone, um, you know, to be the Joker uh, who, who identify, you know, who's of Native American uh, background. Right. Um, for me, th this is, yeah, fascinating pick. Um, I like Toriano is just a master at these backstories. And I like, I know like the double standard. I, 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 I <laughs> am a hypocrite in that, like, you could just say jo the Joker just happens to be Native American, but like with a character like the Joker, 
it's a little bit of a cop out. Well, like, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You could start from the perspective of the Joker just happens to be Native American. Right. And then out of that can come so many other layers yeah, of what the that, implications of him being Native American might be. Yep. There there's so much um there. I I I, I had Joker last year and mm-hmm. I I had worked on something that I never got out. But uh for me, um my whole thing was like what what Judaism is to like that I I based it around um Joker and his relationship to Batman mm-hmm. and their respective relationships to Judaism in that like Batman um let me yeah from from what I can remember what I what my whole thing was um Batman was a Jew that was more so universal like uh in, mm-hmm. in his uh beliefs and he was allowed to assimilate right to i guess white culture um and, and as a jew however as a jew he was mm-hmm. protecting the status quo as right um of like the rich white businessman whereas right. joker wasn't able to do that you know uh, i remember he came from like a poor poor enclave in in gotham mm-hmm. in gotham and he wasn't able to abandon his Jewish identity and was sort of inspired by Jewish comedians like Lenny Bruce, who are, you know, outwardly shocking and sort of challenges Batman in that way, how he abandoned his, this part of his identity. Um, Right. So I'm wondering Toriano, like if there's anything that Toriano could latch onto there with that, um, well, I was, I mean, what I was thinking of is that, I mean, it could be something as basic as, I mean, I say basic, but I mean, that could be developed. You know, Gotham is an analog of New York. Right. You yeah. know, and, you know, there's that, there's that traditional story about how, you know, New York was purchased uh, from the uh, indigenous people um, as, a, as a, you know, the bad deal uh, that sort of did um, you know, did the native people dirty and, you know, from there was this, um, you know, this, this vast metropolis, this, this city of excess and, uh, and riches and how, you know, the, the Joker could see himself as an instrument of, of, um, of, of revenge of his people's, you know, of his people's revenge on, in the, in the name of, of the indigenous people of Gotham. Totally. Bruce's old money. Um, his family's been around since the founding of Gotham. Um, so that only feels natural that Joker would take the stance against specifically uh I mean See, I, I see it as I see it as I mean, especially because, you know, as per the racial draft rules, um, you know. They would also be uh, Native American Batman, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah, right. So, but this would be sort of one person being kind, of, almost somewhat similar to to what you were dealing yeah. with with your Joker is that here is someone who's been allowed to assimilate into this dominant white culture uh, to the point where you know he's so invested in 
in the the haves and so invested in the people who took Gotham away from the native people and it you know allows him to flourish right it allows him to flourish and the joker can see himself as an instrument of of revenge of an instrument of of cosmic balance yep. um i i think specifically native american joker works really well in that and more so than maybe um jewish joker and jewish batman that there's that extra element of gotham an analog for new york being on native land right i i don't think you really see that with really any other race Uh, i think that that's just an extra layer so toriano you really are lying on some gold here yeah now i don't know you know, I, I obviously there are uh, face painting. There's a face painting tradition yeah. um, in in Native peoples. You know, with that that we sort of associate with war. Um, yeah. But uh, who knows if there's a way that there could be kind of a tie of like the face painting to to the clown uh, motif mm-hmm. and how it's his own way of his his way of waging war on on the city right i'm looking this up um so uh actually yeah just quick google search uh i don't know if this is something uh, i don't know if Oriano listens to the <laughs> i hope he would but uh um the hioka um is a kind of sacred clown in the culture of the in the of the sioux of the great plains of north america um, so I guess that is, is, is great, great plains. Well, great plains is Midwest. It wouldn't be, right. uh, East coast, yeah. but, but, you know, there's, there's probably some room for, um, mm-hmm. for further research in that. Re- so you said there's a sacred clown. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, that seems like something that, um, that should definitely look into. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, I think that there's a lot of room to develop that idea. And yeah, I mean, I hope that hope that Toriano has an opportunity to do that. And uh, you know, if he if he really fleshes that out, I mean, it's it, there's is a lot of avenues for. Yeah, I think he's stumbled upon something really great. Um, yeah, yeah. So not, not really stumbled upon, like clearly, right. I'm sure that he has thought this through meticulously. Um, uh, choosing Joker in the second round, um, like you, you, you gotta, you have to have a reason behind. I mean, he, well, he, that's the thing. I mean, we talked about this. Like the Joker, um, in this in the in the most recent season was one of the sort of top ten scorers, and he continues. You know, as Batman's arch nemesis, mm-hmm. you know, he really doesn't go away. Right, he um, has his own ongoing series right now. Yeah, and you know, and not only does he's he's all over. Uh, he's all over the other Batman centric series, uh, miniseries here and there. I mean, he's got the the stuff of the, the White Knight um, universe where yeah. where Joker's plays a role in that. He's got a another movie, another Joker movie that's in in uh, production. Like you know, there's Batman is is here and Joker is right <laughs> is, is right there in his orbit. Um, I think thus far this might be my favorite pick. Um... I mean, yeah, we're only two rounds mm. in, but 
so I didn't, so I, yeah, I should once again reiterate 82.6% uh, approval rating uh, for the draft pick, 65.2 uh, strongly approved, 17.4 somewhat approved, 13% somewhat disapproved, and 4.3% racist. Um, now, fan cast, uh, Zan McLaren, um, who you might know from uh, Westworld. Uh, you might also know him from, I think it's Dark Skies, is that? No, no, Dark Water, I think is the name of the show that he's also on. Um, he was also, I believe he was, wasn't he uh, Echo's yep, father he in, in, uh, in Hawkeye? Yep. So, yeah. So, so yeah, that, that fan casting is currently at 90.5% approval. Uh, and that would be 71.4 strongly approved, uh, 19% somewhat, sorry, 71.4 strongly approved, 19% somewhat approved, 9.5 somewhat disapproved. So, uh, yeah, the, the people are, people are positive on the casting. I, I could see it. Um, and I hope that, yeah, I really hope we get more on the, uh, on the Native American Joker backstory because, there's a lot of I think there's a lot there to be mined. Yeah. Uh in, in almost fitting uh back and forth uh right after the Joker got drafted, Harley Quinn got drafted by the multiracial delegation. Uh this one, um maybe, you know, this this one may fall under the happens to be. <laughs> We're in the happens to be category, uh, as, um, you know, as as the the sort of background that was selected was a uh, Mexican, Filipina, and white. Um, I didn't really get a lot of a lot of uh, history behind uh, the selection. Uh, right. You know, I, but obviously, you know, we've said. I at this point, I think Harley Quinn has has fallen under. Uh, almost every other delegation uh, based on that logic that Harleen Quinzel, there's nothing inherent um, to her character that puts her in the realm of, uh, you know, where even though she's been traditionally depicted as white, she doesn't have to be depicted as white. And in fact, women of all races cosplay as her um, yeah. for, for, for that reason, because she can really be um, who, who, who can't relate to having uh, a bad ex-boyfriend. <laughs> who, who turns it into someone that they you know might not want to be and has to come out from under um seeing themselves as merely an appendage of her uh the charismatic ex right so yeah. i think there's a certain kind of universality to her story mm -hmm. now with uh joker being native american in our canon mm -hmm. um, i'm wondering how harley's race applies itself to that I, I don't think it necessarily has to, but, you know. Well, I, I mean, I do think that to the extent that she's a woman of color, um, albeit, you know, albeit multiracial woman of color, uh, she could still find the Joker's cause compelling. Yeah. Um, still find um, some kind of, like, he be he can be charismatic and he can be uh, someone that she's drawn to. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, again, it's 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 not one of those things where she has to share the same racial background as the Joker no. in order to, um, you know, have her story be intertwined in his, mm -hmm. but 
yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm curious to see whether it, this gets fleshed out a little bit more. Um, so right now, uh, sitting at 80% approval rating, uh, 60% strongly approve, 20% somewhat approve, 10% somewhat disapprove, and uh, 10% racist. <laughs> but uh, let us continue to the East Southeast Asian delegation and Stephen Strange. Hmm. Now, this one is interesting because um, I'm sure you know that um, in the sort of earliest incarnations of the character, he was illustrated in such a way that he did not appear to be a white man. Um, he was exoticized. His uh, There was an Orientalist aspect yeah. to his character and to the magics uh, in that character. Um, and it wasn't until they sort of decided that he was going to be a hero that they started illustrating him uh, to be a white guy and kind of grafted on the um, sort of familiar trope of the arrogant, <laughs> the arrogant white man who uh does asia better yeah exactly <laughs> they were like hmm you know what this you know what this character needs a white savior complex <laughs> so i guess already just the choice the pick is better you know like like if if a man is going to asia and is doing asia better like at least have him be Asian, like I guess. Yeah, I mean exactly. I mean because 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 at that point, no, because at that point it's now you've now crossed into the realm of the, the once again the, the scientist who has to um, kind of be in unlearned spirituality or sorry not unlearned like unlearned, balance yeah. balance the spirituality right. And so to the extent that there's an Eastern uh, Asian bent to his schooling to his teachers uh in Kamrataj or wherever um tibet you know um based on the comics you know to the extent that he is uh east asian yeah and studies these mystic arts that he wouldn't ordinarily study um uh, because he became a doctor science based you know i mean i think that there's there's a little bit more um to that in that it's it's part of it's part of east asian cultural identity to have that spiritual aspect right it feels it does feel best suited dr strange does feel best suited at home with the it's the east southeast asian delegation yeah exactly um east southeast asian delegation the south the south asian delegation mm -hmm. as well um that that feels more in the realm of what Stephen Strange should be. Yeah, uh, and I think and I think it part of it is because of that whole Orientalism thing. Exactly. You know that when it's a white person, it's kind of that you know that uncomfortable exotic exoticization of of a person going to the East yeah. and being an outsider and then like you said doing doing the asian stuff better than the asian, than the asian people you know that um you you eliminate that factor right now and now then, it feels a little more authentic yeah 
Not, so, not, 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 not like authentic, like, you know, it's still a little bit of a stereotype, but like. But I think that, I mean, it is, but I also think that the stereotype kind of gets blunted by the inherent conflict right. of him not being, that not being a part of his personality before. Right. That's true. That is so true. Yeah. It's an interesting East versus West um, little argument that they can make. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not exactly the same, right? But if like, if if like I like I'm a black person, um, if I were to go to Africa, and um, learn something like from from Africans, um, that's more in the realm of kind of reconnecting with with um, cultural heritage. Right. I but guess- if but if a white person goes to africa and 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 learns from africans perpetuating <laughs> perpetuating tropes <laughs> that's what it is a reconnection a reconnecting with cultural roots traditional yeah, yeah cultural traditions yeah and that's really interesting yeah so i'm so i i'm a fan of that um i right now the people are sitting at 78.9% approval for uh East Asian Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. um, with sixty-eight point four strongly approved, ten point five somewhat approved, fifteen point eight percent somewhat disapproved, and five point three percent racist. Um, you know, I gotta say a little bit more about the disapprovals because I really do think that there are people who who feel like strange, like the arrogance of a strange, like is is the arrogance of a white man. Right. But uh, let me you tell you, there a- you can you can have an arrogant Asian. <laughs> they're not they're not the only arrogant people in the world. <laughs> it's more of this Western arrogance, I guess. Yeah, but I think that you could still have the arrogance of someone who was trained in the West, the arrogance of someone who was trained in science and is a doctor, a surgeon, one of the best surgeons in the world, mm-hmm. and not wanting to mess around with those traditional uh, medicines of, you know, the, the Eastern medicines, right. that he just he has that superiority complex around that. Um, and I think that that's, a, to me, I think that's a little bit more compelling than just just plain old racism, <laughs> just plain old Eurocentrism, uh-huh. you know? I agree. Um, now, the casting... I'm not 100% sold on the casting. Or Brian T. Um, I like Brian T. is more of like an action hero um, than, you know, um, as a as a sort of a well-rounded actor. Um, I don't hate him. And and who knows, maybe he could, you know, he could, there's, there's a level that he could go to uh, getting this kind of role that he traditionally doesn't have. Right. So, um, but like I said, most of the stuff I've seen Brian T. is, has been action-oriented. Um, yeah. But, you know. Yeah. I, I think a level of it also, Brian T is, I, I, I looked it up, uh, mm. Korean and Japanese. Now, as we know, Asia is made up of many different countries. That is true. Asia and Southeast Asia are made up of very many, many different countries. Um, I think part of that, it's like where where is, if you want him to be like so dr strange is going to tibet right or typically typically he's gone i mean i think in i think you know obviously in the movies they moved him to nepal 
Um, but uh, yeah, he's not. So he's not, you know, Chinese, for instance. Yeah. Um, so you could change that. And I think that change, like, I think you can enhance the character by change, like changing where he goes. I don't know if it would be specifically Japan, if it would be specifically Korea, like mm -hmm. that is obviously not for me to decide. I am to decide. I am not well-equipped enough to decide that, but I think that should, where mm -hmm. Dr. Strange goes to should reflect his cultural heritage. So, so I think that I'm a, I'm, I'm less bothered by that because there's still, even though every country is different, um, there are those traditions, yeah, in, in a in a number of those countries. It doesn't, you know, even even if even though it's Tibet and Tibet's not Korea or Japan, right. there's still some, um, some sort of commonalities in in terms of the spirituality, the understanding of spirituality that right. would that would be. Uh, still viewed as quote unquote Eastern, um, Eastern medicine or Eastern mysticism, um, that are that are when you compare it to uh, the European and the Western world, yeah. you know it's not it, it wouldn't be a perfect one to one. I agree, but it but it's still but the messiness is fine though because it 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 could could still tie into this arrogance, right? Perhaps. You know Perhaps. that um, that he's. You know, if he's whether he grew up in Japan or grew up in Korea, you know, or grew up in America, as it were, he could still, you know, as a, as a matter of fact, having him grow up in America might be even be even be that's, better. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <clears throat> my, my my thing is just I think it would be the argument for the character works a bit better if you can have more of a one to one where it's a um, like I said, like this East Eastern versus Western. Yeah. Uh, practices um and again i i am not the one to be making this making sure. this judgment call and i could just be flat out wrong but um i'm sure there is a country that is more um more like we're it's well well one thing that i want to sort of interject is that even though uh because i think it's commertage regardless of whether it's yeah, um, yeah. Even though Kamrataj is located in Nepal, it's never meant to be understood that the only people who study there are Nepalese, right? right? Or, or sorry, or 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 um, or Tibet. You know, it's not. It's it's supposed to be the just the place that everyone goes. That's a good. Point. You know, it just happened to go to the one in Hong Kong. Well, no, I was saying he could he could go to the one he can go to the one in Tibet. I'm, I'm it's it's not like. Everyone who studies there are Tibetan, is what I was trying to say. Oh, that that's right. No, yeah, I, I, yeah. I was getting the sanctums and kamartage mixed up. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. see what I'm saying? Like, right. like the ancient one can be Tibetan. Right. But that doesn't mean that all the students, it doesn't mean, in fact, you know, we know for a fact that there are students that are, that aren't Tibetan. So, you know, I think that that's fine as long as it sort of still fits within the realm of he's yeah. going to that part of the world and he's got a little bit of a haughtiness about him um, because he believes in Western medicine and, you know, he, he 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 feels, you know, that same level of arrogance about being a successful surgeon 
uh, these gifted, <laughs> gifted hands of, of a, of a surgeon that he was, was lost. This is you no know, same story, the same yeah. inherent, like, you know, this, that's a situation where I don't think that in order for the story to work, he has to be white. Yeah. I think that um, there's, there's arguments that him not being white and being so successful might make him that much more um, of a feeling like he was special and right. feeling like losing that much more by losing his hands, yeah. that he doesn't have anything else to fall back on. Exactly. He was, you know, that this was his, this was what he was driving toward for his entire life as his high achieving doctor. Right. And he made his family proud and all those other things, you know, that are stereotypes, you know, in, in Asian American traditions, right. Yeah. About being a highly successful, you know, doctor. And, you know, now that he doesn't have that, what does he have? And it, it drives him to take this extreme measure to become, you know, to, to get his hands back. Um, yeah. I, I, I really do love this pick. Um, I like, I want to see a backstory out of it, not because I think you need the backstory to sell the character. I think it it like it's the, the pick it sells itself. Um, yeah, just, and and yeah, and that's and that's my bad. There's a backstory that I uh, oh, have neg that I've neglected to post. So I so I'll post the backstory. Uh, by the time by the time you listeners hear this podcast, the backstory will be up. Do you have easy access to it right now? I don't want to make you get it, but. I I mean I haven't had an opportunity to proof it. I, sometimes okay. I like to sometimes yeah. I like to you know give them the opportunity to to flesh it out a little more. Right. That's why I haven't posted it because I um you know I've been a little busy this past week and I didn't want to just post it without giving my feedback on it. But yeah, there is a backstory in the works. Right. Um and um and yeah, but I, but I do think that a lot of it does tie into what I was saying before about um, him being this, um, you know, sort of uh, highly um, acclaimed and successful uh, surgeon. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's the it's the it's the classic Doctor Strange story, but tinged with with that element of taking away the Orientalism and adding the cultural um, traditional conflict. I'm looking forward to reading that backstory. Yeah, this this is one of my favorite picks. I mean, Native American Joker was 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 great too, but but this is this is awesome as well. I agree, especially after uh, White Doctor Strange last season. Yeah, um, that brings us to uh, a sort of repeat pick, but you know, I understand the delegation doesn't have that many many uh, hallmark characters to choose from, and that is the Swana Mana delegation and Damian Wayne. Uh, the uh, the son, not the son. What is the heir to the dragon? That's what they call him. Right. Uh, Ghoul's grandson, Batman's son. Uh, you know he's there's a little bit of murkiness as far as what country exactly Ghoul is from, but he's definitely uh Swana. <laughs> I, I and, always thought it was like Syria or Afghanistan. They that's where the inherent racism of yeah. the character sort of comes into play because they're he's whatever he's whatever they 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 need him to be right. um right. i you know there there's a lot of orientalism in the razagul character and the league of assassins slash shadows um i don't think that they've they may have settled on a country um in recent years but yeah i remember that that wasn't like off the top of my mm. head like that was 
me remembering something that I read. Like I didn't just choose. Yeah. And then also the fact that he's kind of like borderline immortal um, means that he could have been in a bunch of different countries over the centuries. Um, But, you know, one thing that is for sure is that, uh, you know, he is Arab and um, therefore uh, Damien is uh, is also uh, one of the more prominent, I would, you know, one or one A uh, in terms of... uh, characters of that identity in dc mm-hmm. and um so it's a strong pick as far as i'm concerned right. um obviously in the comics he's his father being his father being bruce wayne means that he's generally understood as multiracial but you know he's in recent years has really embraced his um that aspect of his identity um, there were some stories in his solo books where he goes to, um, I believe it's Lebanese, but don't quote me, community in Gotham, uh, spend some time kind of like um, protecting uh, protecting uh, that neighborhood. So, um, yeah, so th- from the approval perspective, currently sitting at 77.8% approval for uh, Swana Damien R- Wayne. Um, with 66.7 strongly approve, 11.1 somewhat approve, and 22.2 somewhat disapprove. So, uh, you know, uh, could have been a little higher, but understandable. Um, That brings us to the South Asian delegation. This one was a little, this one definitely, to me, kind of falls under the, uh, to me, kind of falls under anyone can be under the mask deal uh, with Wade Wilson. Uh, aka Deadpool, yeah. uh, South Asian Deadpool. I mean, obviously he's Canadian. I there's a fair amount of uh, South Asian Canadians. Right. Um, doesn't have to be a white guy. He just has to be a motor mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to see how. Like, I just simply cannot make that judgment call of if it. Like, I would love to see how making Wade Wilson south asian enhances the character um mm-hmm. again i just simply don't know but it does the does beg the question is this the best place for wade wilson and like i i i, I i'm not the one to make that call well again i think that i think that the irreverence of wade um can kind of be How do I explain it? I think that one of the ways that people of color can find themselves being endeared in white spaces is by being funny. Mm. Um, And, you know, to the extent that he has all these other skill sets and all these other places that he could have gone, um, you know, where he picked up his skills and he, you know, murdered people. Like, you know, he's, that was a thing. He was a mercenary. He was all of these things even before he got his superpowers. Right. Um, that just being kind of a loose cannon, kind of being a wild card. Um, there's a way that you could imagine someone who maybe got picked on a little bit when growing up uh, for being different, learned how to 
um, cope with that by being a bit of a class clown, yeah. you know. Um, totally. And and you know, as he picked up his skill sets, he's just leaned have more heavily into into the clownishness. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think that there's. I don't think there's too much about Deadpool's character that makes me think, oh man, you know, only a white guy's got this outlook, <laughs> got this, you know, got this outlook or have this perspective on things. Um, now, with respect to the casting, we can get into that. Right. Um, I think that, I think that's a little trickier for me. It's It's interesting because when you were describing all that, I know they have their choice, they, their pick. When you were describing that all that, I don't know why my mind was going to Kumail Nanjiani. You know, this yeah. guy who was sort of like, you know, not necessarily like, he, he was kind of schlubby, like a little schlubby, but he always had his humor. And then he yeah. got really cut. Yeah. But he still had that humor. Yeah. You know what I mean? So... I I don't know why my mind just went to that, but I do. Uh, sorry to step on your toes there. No, no, no. I mean that that's a good example of someone who you could buy as, you know, as the model for yeah. for South Asian Deadpool, right. right? You know, like you know, maybe not the schlub, maybe the schlubby thing um, early or earlier on yeah. in his origin oh, yeah. story, you yeah. know. But his personality is very much of that of the irreverent like sort of quippy guy that um like i think i think he does have a bit of a a bit of a ryan reynolds uh energy to him in terms of his comedic uh his comedic style um like whereas uh karan sony i've only seen in the deadpool movie right so i only have the you know the mo dopinder um you know, only had the Dopinder as my as my lodestar, um, yeah. and that's a little tougher to imagine. Like that personality as Deadpool. Look, it's I just can't see, um, uh, Karen Sony playing like a merc like Deadpool, who like because Deadpool's kind of a terrible guy. Like what he does is not nice and he's deadpool's a little seedy um yeah for sure and dopinder the way like dopinder is too nice right he's like yeah and and that's the thing like i don't know how much of that is the character you know just being well portrayed um and whether the actor because the actor seems inherently likable but i don't know I haven't seen enough of him to know whether he's got more of an edge to him. Yeah. Deadpool's like a prick. And right. Karen Sony seems like such a nice guy. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't know him. So maybe, yeah. maybe he does have this edge to him. But um But yeah, it's a tough sell for me. It's a tough sell for me. Um, but as far as like I said before, the actual pick of the South Asian Deadpool, I think that there's a way to make it work. um for sure um so i mean i strongly approve of that Mm -hmm. and right now my strongly approve puts me uh in the realm of the 82.6 percent of uh strong approvals 
sorry, the 82.6% of approvals, 652 um sorry, 82.6 full approval, 65.2 strongly approve, 17.4 somewhat approve, 13.3 somewhat disapprove and 4.3% racist. Uh in terms of the fan cast, currently sitting at 72 percent approval uh 56.6 strongly approve 16 somewhat approve 16 percent somewhat disapprove and 12 percent racist and that brings us to um, the Polynesian delegation and their favorite guy mm. uh who has been selected uh, I want to say he's been selected in uh, five of six seasons <laughs> <laughs> by the Polynesian delegations, if I if I remember correctly, and that is Namor, Namor, the Submariner. Yeah, um, Namor in this case. Yes, yes, Namor. Um, I mean, we've done this before. Yeah, they, uh, they could listen back to to. <laughs> Podcast to the season. yeah i mean you know he's yeah. a polynesian it's 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 a water-based place yeah. um it's not atlantic it's pacific but yeah. i i mean the only reason that i'm the only reason that i'm feeling away is because we got such a great yeah um interpretation of namor um in the mcu and such a and tying him to colonial anti-colonialism mm -hmm. in the west in specifically in south america to the mayans and right. like it's it was so well done that um you know it's hard to separate that that successful racial drafting from the fact that none of that was present in the comics um right. and you know it's not bad it's not bad it's just not it's not ideal in my in my eyes um but but that's just bias on my part i mean i'm sure that if if we didn't get black panther wakanda forever yeah. and we didn't get that version of 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 namor namor um you know i'd be right in right in the realm of saying that this would be a cool way to reinvent the character right. um you know he could still be anti-colonialist uh just anti-colonialism you know set in the Pacific rather than anti-colonialism set in the Atlantic, in the South Atlantic. Right. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's tough. It was just so so brilliantly realized. <laughs> so so he was so brilliantly realized that it that it's 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 tough to see him any other way. But look, I mean, Tomati loves it. Timothy has his guy and uh and you know, we were able to talk him out of drafting him in the first round. <laughs> Had to, but he, you know, he wasn't gonna let him wasn't gonna let him fall through the grasp. Right. So from an approval standpoint, currently at 76.9% approval, um with 53.8 strongly approve, 23.1 somewhat approve, and 23.1 somewhat disapprove. Uh, as far as the fan casting, um, Maori actor Rawiwi Joby, or probably Joby, um, who definitely looks like comic book Namor. I'll give him that uh, facially. He's he's right there. 
Um, the approval for him is at 63.7%. Um, 45.5 strongly approved, 18.2 somewhat approved, 18.2 somewhat disapproved, and 18.2% racist. And that brings us to the final pick of the round, uh, the white delegation, the white delegation, keeping things in the chalk realm, uh, drafting a character that's traditionally understood as white, although arguments can be made that of the Robins, uh, not counting not counting Damian Wayne, uh, actually, that's not true. I would say that all of the Robins uh, can, can be understood uh through a, a lens of a person of color um yeah. but it's not you know tim drake uh you know in the in the titans series uh is is depicted as multiracial uh black and asian um but traditionally he's been white and you know i mean it doesn't really harm the character that he remains white um so I can't be mad at it. Can't be mad at at uh, still white Tim Drake, um, and I definitely can't be mad at the uh, fan cast of Asher Angel, who you might know from the Shazam movies, uh, redeeming himself as <laughs> mm-hmm. as uh, as Tim Drake. So, uh, do you have any thoughts about uh, white Tim Drake? Um, like again, works like it doesn't not work. <laughs> yeah um the f- i don't know if i could if i can or if it's in my best interest to get into this but i'm mad about the fan casting um like there is a different character that i wanted asher angel for um because he is jewish um, oh yeah well i mean you're not foreclosed from using him as your fan cast oh really yeah, I mean, oh. yeah, interesting. Just because, yeah, that's that's how it's you know you can't use him um, yeah. for like too many characters. Like you can use him for yeah. one Marvel and one. D- you can do the same actor for one Marvel and one DC um, yeah. in the same delegation. So just because I... uh, the white delegation has used him doesn't mean that you can't use him. If he is in fact Jewish, interesting. Um, I don't know if it would be in my best interest to. I, I'm not going to say why. We'll mm-hmm. talk. But, okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Good to yeah. know. Yeah. All right. Well. But um. Yeah. Again, it, it's one of those deals where there's an embarrassment of riches for the white delegation. There's so many characters that um you know are traditionally well sorry that that are uh in 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 canon white that it's difficult for other character other delegations to adapt yeah but but it was tr- look it was tim drake's do- time to be drafted yeah and, like we already got the two other robins that would make sense and now it's come tim D- tim drake's time um yeah i mean he's I think, he yeah he was, he was no i'm saying he was up there um he's 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 the He's he's a lot of people's favorite Robins, a lot of people's favorite Robin. Um, he he's he's been my favorite Robin for a while. Um, so he's got a solo book. Mm-hmm. He's appeared in 
well, like I say, he's appearing currently in the in the Titan show. So he's not going away as far as uh, popularity. I mean, I do think that that uh, Damien is 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 chasing him down as far as a lot of people's love of the, their favorite Robin, mm-hmm. but but uh, I would say currently he's 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 uh he's he's number one as far as as the robins yeah it's interesting because i do not like damian wayne <laughs> a lot of people don't he's a he's a like there's people who love him and people who hate him, him. hate him yeah there's no in between exactly um, again nothing against him i just think he's such a little shit um, yeah but that the reason the reason i like him is because he's such a little shit he see, makes him that's the reason i hate yeah him. it's the counter he's because he's such a good counterpoint to the other robins yeah, um, and such a good counterpoint for Batman. Um, just being like this dude that has to now deal with a kid, right? Um, his his kid, like his exactly. Yeah, his kid mm. is the worst of of them all. Um, yeah, but so. but 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 also kind of the best, you know, because yeah. he's been training for this right. for his entire life. Right, but the worst as a child. Like, yes, as a, as a son that a, a yeah. father has to deal with. Whereas Tim, whereas Tim is kind of like, he's the one Robin that didn't have to be Robin. Right. Right. He's just so good at being a normal person that like, he could just be a superhero now. Yeah. Um, I'm ex- like, I didn't think I would be, but I'm excited for uh, the new, the, the, the Brave and the Bold. Um, oh yeah i'm definitely excited for it um and i'm hope i'm keeping hope alive that just because at the center of the story is damien and bruce that it doesn't mean that we're not going to get all the other robins i think that i think we will definitely have an established bat family um but i i just think the i it's such an out of like it's such a bonkers idea for a batman movie we just have not seen that yet and it's right. like for a james gunn batman he's probably not writing it or directing it but just no probably not just knowing that it comes from his mind it's yeah like there's a lot of irreverence and like humor that could come out of this for sure wouldn't be crazy out of place for a batman like this feels oh no like- listen there have been so many like funny panels of like the relationship between the Robins, yeah. the sort of brotherly, um, you know, rivalry that, you know, the brotherly rivalries between them, you know, what, what, like it's, it, there's, there's so much fertile ground to cover in, 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 in terms of making a Batman story that we've never seen before because it involves Batman as the dad. Yeah. If you're doing humor and camp in a Batman movie, just to say, no, number one, just to do that, is a great idea to separate it from all the other iterations that we've got all these real really uh gritty uh edgy uh grounded takes and also the shitty joel schumacher whatever (laughs) um just to do that is very smart but to do it this is the way to do it yeah for sure kids um it's it it makes me giddy like just talking about it just thinking about i agree it. i'm excited for it but that closes us out on the round two i mean it was it, you know it started out on a high note ended up on a high note these picks have been really strong yeah. um still uh two rounds in 
And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, kicking off the third round. Um, I already know how this uh, third round is going to kick off. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, white delegation put their pick in early. Um, so uh, by the time listeners, by the time you hear this podcast, you will uh, probably already know who is kicking off the third round. And that round uh, does promise to be uh, eventful as well, I'm sure. But um, that's what we'll probably leave it there. Uh, Jared, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on the Bird app at uh, Jared, K-I-R-S-C-H underscore. Find me on Instagram at Jared, K-I-R-S-C-H-E-N-V-A-U-M. And my very extremely occasional writings at Multis, Murphy's Multiverse. Um, check them out. They're awesome. <laughs> Yeah, and you can also find my uh, occasional writings at Murphy's Multiverse as well, where I will sometimes review movies and uh, very, very infrequently write features. But um, you can also find all of our stuff at Racial Draft, uh, the Racial Draft pod on Twitter, Racial.Draft on Instagram, Racial Draft on YouTube, Racial Draft on Vimeo, Racial Draft <laughs> um, on what's else facebook uh we got a mastodon account not yet we should probably get on that a blue sky uh let's get let's get a let's get racial draft on blue sky um racial draft still has a patreon so if you want to give us money do that also uh we wouldn't be remiss racialdraft.com yes we have the dot com for uh we, the blog you know which is a handy dandy place to keep abreast of all the picks uh for the most part as they happen and summaries as we continue to add uh visual references and backstories and it's just a nice um you know concentrated way of staying current and you know you can also find the podcasts there so it's it's a one-stop shop racialdraft.com and, um, you know, hopefully you will support us there and hopefully you support us everywhere as you join us next week. Same race time, same race channel at the Racial Draft. But until next time, all things are possible. <laughs>